Welcome back to the Box Jumper Podcast. I'm your host, CrossFit trainer and weightlifting coach, John Sainamond. It's been a while since my last episode, but I can tell you that I have ramped up and I have several episodes coming not too far apart now, so stay tuned for more episodes on the way. Uh, We're back again for another great chat about fitness. This episode is a fun one for me. A couple of episodes back, I did an early review of the online program for CrossFit Lynchpin. Um, It's something that I had just signed up for, and I had gone through the one-week-long free trial. Um, It's the brainchild of none other than Pat Sherwood, who is a member of the team at CrossFit HQ, specifically working in their CrossFit Health Initiative. He has a pretty interesting story about how he got into this whole CrossFit space, and we talk about it in our chat, so I won't reveal any of that here in my intro. But what I do want to say is that I picked Pat to interview for a pretty selfish reason. I'm impressed with his programming ninja skills, and so having an opportunity to talk with him was about it was, was just too good an opportunity to pass up. So when he agreed to be on the podcast, I was pretty excited. When you want to get better at anything, it's a good idea to spend a lot of time actually practicing, but also surrounding yourself with people that are better at it than you are, um, so that you can learn and observe and absorb what makes them experts. So when it comes to programming, that's exactly what I see in Pat, someone that's refined his craft, knows exactly what he wants to achieve with it, and wastes no effort in getting it right. The icing on the cake for me is that I also get to observe in real time the reaction from his very large online community. Um, I get to, to see their reactions to the workouts themselves, and they're athletes of all levels. It's like being an observer in a giant lab experiment. So for me, it's fascinating stuff and an invaluable opportunity for me to learn and apply that learning to my own programming efforts. So let's get into it. In 10 seconds, we'll do a deep dive on the journey that took Pat Sherwood from Navy SEAL to Master CrossFit Programmer and where his adventures may take him next. Well, today is a treat for me as much as it will be for you. You've heard me mention him a few times on the podcast. You've heard him interviewed on Talking Elite Fitness. You may be familiar with him from the CrossFit Games documentaries by Marston Sawyer and Heber Cannon. You may even have seen him at a CrossFit seminar if you've been around for a little while. Today, I am joined by none other than Pat Sherwood, former Navy SEAL turned CrossFit competitor and trainer who also runs an online-only affiliate of which I myself am a part for the last several months, called CrossFit Lynchpin. He's a longtime member of the team at CrossFit HQ. All that is to say, Pat has some deep experience in the CrossFit world. But before we get into that, I will back right up and ask, you were clearly a fit guy coming into CrossFit, Pat. Did you have a lot of experience in sport and fitness in general growing up that led you down that path? Uh, Well, first of all, thanks for having me. And the short answer is... No, I didn't. I just, you know, was a regular kid just bungling through a sport or two, but not really excelling at any of them and ran track in high school, 100 meter dash. And then when I got to college, I didn't play any sports in college because my my primary focus every single solitary day was training to be a SEAL, which didn't leave any extra room after school was done. You know, I'd go train three hours a day six days a week and for four years, then went out and went into the military and 
Uh, there's no time for anything else in the military. So I did that. And then once I got out, you know, I was just a regular Joe for a while, you know, doing chest and tries on Monday and Thursdays and back and buys on Tuesday and Friday, et cetera, et cetera, until I finally found CrossFit. So CrossFit back in, in in its infancy had pretty strong ties with the military community, but CrossFit was not something you had encountered while you were active duty? Sadly, no. I wish that it was because it would have been such an incredible fit for the demands of the job, but no, I didn't know what it was. I found it, I had just become a civilian, I think I was a civilian for about a year, and a buddy of mine, Dave Castro, who you know, works for CrossFit now as the director of the CrossFit Games. He and I were in the Navy and the SEALs together, and we were buddies. And he lives out in California in the rough geographical location that HQ is from. And he stumbled into HQ, saw the value and what they were doing. He turned me on to it, and I started doing it after he pointed me in that direction. And that was back in 2005. Okay, right. So small world. So you've been at it for a very long time since some of the early days of CrossFit. That's some pretty impressive longevity. How's the body handling it? It's holding up great, quite frankly. It's uh, it's wonderful. I mean, I work out. I think one of the genius parts is I work out volume-wise a sheer fraction of the time I used to. Like I said, I used to just throttle myself training three hours a day to go into teams and all that. and you know, now I'm, if I was in the gym an hour these days, it'd be a very right. long session. So I think the the mere fact that I'm training a lot smarter than I ever have has enabled me to go for a decade and a half of continuous CrossFit training and feel fantastic. Now, you got involved as a competitor not long after starting and became an organizer, part of the media team for the CrossFit Games as it evolved over the years from its early days to what it's be- what has become a significant event with very high-level competitors at the top of the sport. What did it feel like to compete in the Games in 2009 in those early days, and how have you seen the landscape change? You know, 2009, it was a different beast. Like you said, there was a, you know, there was a few years of evolution since then, but it the landscape was orders of magnitude different than what it is these days. And I, when I made it to the games in 09, I just don't want to say I was lucky, but to some degree, I don't know. I think I was just lucky. I showed up to the mid Atlantic qualifier that year, was not doing anything special in any way, shape or form to train for the qualifier. There was no extra volume, no extra, nothing. You know, just like, you know, I had that weekend free and figured I'd show up. And I took the very last spot. I think they took six people that year from the Mid-Atlantic. And I occupied spot number six. And it was a battle up into the very last workout between me and one or two other people just to see who would get that spot. And I sold my soul to the devil in that last workout and squeaked in and then went to the games. And that was and that. Was that. It, was a, it was a cool experience. I'm glad to have been a part of it. When and how did you become a part of CrossFit seminar team? Uh, what was your transition from participant to competitor to seminar team member uh, as a member, a full-time member of CrossFit staff? You know, I I struggle to find when exactly it was because it's been so long now. It's tough to imagine when it wasn't happening. So in August of 05, I started doing CrossFit in my garage 
and I want to say maybe in 2007, early 2007 is when I started helping out. HQ was Mm -hmm. very early in their seminar career and whatnot. And every now and then they would have a, a seminar on the East Coast. I was in Virginia Beach, Virginia at that time. And they would have a seminar, a popular spot was in the state right below Virginia, North Carolina and Charlotte, which is like a three hour drive for me. Right. And Dave had begun working for HQ by that time. He knew that I was out there, that I had an interest. And so he would ask me if I wanted to head out and volunteer at the seminars when they would pop up in Charlotte. And I would always say yes, because I just loved, I loved CrossFit, loved being a part of the community, loved learning, loved interacting. There was a lot of growth happening. And so I just would show up. And back then, I didn't have any actual complicated responsibilities. I always say that I was like a new kid or a young kid at a construction site where, you know, all the veterans know what they're doing and you're the new kid. You don't know what to do. So you can just hand somebody a hammer or go get them coffee or make a lunch run. And then after you watch them for long enough and they realize you're not a total knucklehead, (laughs) they give you a little bit of responsibility, see if you screw it up. If you don't, they give you a little bit more. And so that's, you know, a crawl, walk, run, very slow evolution I had from just volunteering and taking out the trash and getting Nicole Carroll and Greg Glassman coffee when they wanted it to eventually it became my full-time occupation. So you started with the seminar crew just being a capable guy. Obviously, you must have had some of the skills that they were looking for in terms of the ability to present the material and provide the cues and instruction that they were looking to impart on future CrossFit trainers. Um, the L1 course that I did was exceptionally well-polished. It ran like clockwork. Um, it didn't feel like there was a wasted moment in the two days that I can recall, and it was a it was a really effective program from the, you know, quote-unquote classroom instruction of the methodology to the practical sessions where we actually got to do some practice coaching and discuss faults and cues and, and uh, cues for correction with the mm-hmm. instructors. It was clear to me anyway that, um, you know, that a lot of time had gone into a lot of time and effort had gone into making the program what it was. Um, and that was back in 2015. So looking back at it now, how much has the L1 certificate program changed since you started with it? The evolution has been, it's hard to comprehend how far they've come from back then to now. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of depth in that question. So when I say they've come a long way, I mean, literally in every aspect of the level one seminar, the core content has not changed. You know, what CrossFit is today is what CrossFit was back then. Right. Yeah. If I go back and and look at some of the earliest articles in the CrossFit journal, much of the content is a key part of the L1 seminar that I experienced. So it's, it's clear that the foundation has been set for some time. Right. I mean, it, it is what it is. So the, the core key nuggets and principles, the methodology, that's, that is what it is. But what everyone has learned how to do is to deliver that information in a better way for a greater level of understanding, a better level of interaction. So that has progressed incredibly. The just the level one staff every year gets better by a degree that's almost you can't fathom because they have a an amazing culture of providing each other feedback. They're always sifting through the ashes to figure out what went well, 
what could we have done better? So there's a continuous evolution on the improvement of those courses. So they're, they're phenomenal. They're top notch. The trainers are top notch to wear one of those red shirts and be a member of the CrossFit training team is no easy feat in and of itself. It is profoundly difficult. And then the evolution has also taken place mm-hmm. just geographically. You know, back in the day, you may have to hop onto a plane and fly across the country to go to one. And little by little, as our reach increased, our training staff increased, you know, we were able to develop more regional teams across the country and the world. And that just made it easier on our staff so that you didn't have to fly. You know, there was back in the day, I'd fly from Virginia to Sydney, Australia for the weekend. So, you know, (laughs) an 11,000 trip each each miles each way just for the weekend and come back and you're just wrecked for 10 days from jet lag. Well, now we have teams in Australia. We have teams across Asia. We've got teams everywhere. So everything is just better. But the con and, and the content at a level one seminar, I was just in a level one in Portland, Oregon last weekend. Hadn't been to one in a while. And I just was standing there watching the staff do what they do, watching them teach, see, and correct movements, watching them just help people along their journey. And they are the level one, the CrossFit level one is just an experience like no other. Everything you learn there is the real deal. There is no fluff. Everything that you're going to learn works and is time tested and it is distilled down to the essential nuggets. Mm -hmm. And I know people will say that I'm biased and I am, but luckily my bias is strongly supported by the fact that it's just amazing. It really is. I mean, my, my experience was absolutely incredible. Uh, and I, I'm a skeptic by nature. Um, and so, you know, going into that weekend, I was thoroughly impressed. Um, you know, both of the instructors were incredibly knowledgeable. There wasn't a question that they hesitated mm-hmm. to to answer. Um, they, you know, they clearly not only knew the material, but but really had it absorbed as part of their being. Um, you know, it was, it was an extension of who they, and they were. And, and yeah, they walked the walk, they talked the talk. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, like one of the, one of the guys, um, actually interestingly was, was closely connected to one of my neighbors, um, Jason McDonald. Oh and yeah. He was fantastic. And the two of them put on a show during, uh, during lunch. Um, and it was, it was absolutely incredible. And so he, he was best man for, uh, one of my neighbors. Oh, okay. Um, they grew up together. And, um, so, you know, when I mentioned it to him, he was, he was just thoroughly impressed. Um, and it, it was an absolutely incredible program. I find the content is fantastic. And I often think it would be amazing if the L1 seminar could be delivered to every CrossFitter, Mm -hmm. not just the folks that intend to become coaches. Um, because it's not just content that's relevant to trainers. I mean, really anyone could benefit from it. One of the things that I talked about in one of my past uh, podcast episodes was the idea that, uh, you know, being a coach or, or more specifically having the mentality of looking at other people's movement and analyzing that movement for faults and looking for opportunities to correct gives you a, a lens on how you yourself move. And so you can immediately benefit from having those optics and, and having your your mind rewired a little bit to think that way um whether you intend to coach mm-hmm. or not so it'd be it'd be incredible if the l1 program was something that sure. just everyone could attend 
there's no way you can't sit through that weekend and just not walk out better in some way, shape, or form. You said you started by observing the seminars. How did you transition from observation to delivering the seminars? It was, there was a need, and so I was there geographically, and then just, you know, from being on site, I was learning firsthand the lectures, the content. I would observe some of the best trainers run a small group and teach C and correct movement, and so I got to just soak it all in over and over Mm -hmm. and over again, which was such an incredible luxury that I don't take for granted such an amazing benefit and then I enjoyed it so I just kept coming back and like I said they would then you know give me a lecture to try and see how it went I did well give me another one they'd let me run maybe one movement in a small group as a more veteran trainer oversaw me see how that went give me feedback and then I kept enjoying it and I was you know, doing an acceptable job. And so I just started getting more opportunities to do it more frequently. And I kept saying yes, oh, yeah. because I did enjoy it so much. And then the frequency just increased. And before I knew it, I was, that was what I was doing for an occupation. It was wonderful. Hmm. Now, as I understand it, the certificate and certification programs have changed significantly over the years. Um, as of today, it's four different levels with a distinction being made between certificate programs and certifications that require continuing education on an ongoing basis. At what point did the program expand and involve and evolve to include the levels and program content and requirements as they exist today? Man, that's a great question. I'd, I'm not exactly. Yeah, it was an evolution. I mean, you know, back in the day, there was just a level one. And then when a level two did pop up, it was different than what the level two is these days. The level two back then was more of a in-person, you run a small group, you're evaluated in real time, trying to fix real human beings, and either it goes really well or you implode and it doesn't go well and you're awarded your level two credential or you're not. And then that these days, I believe is called the level four. The level two is a different course. You know, the level three, which is now in, an online test didn't exist originally back in the day. So there has been, there has been a continuous evolution just as they're paying attention to what's going on in the community. They're paying attention to, you know, what the needs are and it's, it's a living, breathing entity. And I can't say for sure that it won't be different in five years if something is, is observed and a way to make it even better for everybody is, you know, identified. So, I mean, right now the offerings are top notch and that level two course is probably the current level two making trainers, better trainers is probably one of the most underutilized in the entire arsenal. As far as I'm concerned, the level two is something that I'm starting to get myself prepared for as well. I've, I've read the the prep manual for it. Um, I, I so enjoyed my level one experience that it wasn't very long after that, and I started getting some some serious coaching experience under my belt that I started to think about progressing it further. And mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I did the prep for the L2, which I'm expecting will take me to another level, and it too will build seamlessly on the foundation that the L1 seminar and all of my experience created. I think you enjoy it. So you were a member of the seminar staff for a long time, traveling a fair bit. How did you transition away from seminar staff and wind up within the growing media team at HQ in its early days? 
the truth is, I think it was a level I reached out for various opportunities because I think I was just reaching a level of burnout. And what I mean by that is that I've kind of been traveling my entire life from when I entered the military at 21 years old. That's a continuously traveling occupation. You live out of a suitcase, you're bouncing all around the world. And then I went from that to doing some other contract work after the military for the government, which was bouncing around out of a suitcase and then working for CrossFit every weekend, I was either in a different city or a different country of the world, you know, other than Christmas and New Year. So 50 weekends a year for four to five continuous years is about, you know, 200 round trip around the world, nonstop, you know, never I was never home for more than 10 days in about two years. And so that takes its toll. As wonderful as it was, it just takes its toll. So I was reaching a level of burnout. I could see it coming, just the travel. And I reached out to some folks at HQ at that point in time, my bosses, and I said, look, I'm not there yet. I'm not burnt out yet, but I see it and I feel it coming. And if it does come, well, no one's going to benefit. It's obviously bad for me because I'm going to crash and burn. And then it's bad people at the level one, because they're not going to be getting the best from me because I'm burnt out. And so are there any opportunities out there that may allow for less travel? And just out of, again, luck, timing, the media segment was starting to grow. I had done some silly videos on my phone back then called the Zone Chronicles, and which was just me sticking my cell phone in my face as I munched on something that couldn't be lower production value or quality but the content i guess was good and the funny thing is back then that was a high degree of on-camera experience so they were like well you know you obviously know all the content of the methodology and you're used to speaking and you've been doing these videos and they seem to be well received so why don't we shift you over from training to media and it will involve significantly less travel you'll still have to travel there's no way around it but less and that's what I did. And it was a really, it was just what I needed, just when I needed it. I've watched some of the video content from uh, the early days that was put out, including several that feature you. Um, one in particular that I really quite enjoyed and I felt was timeless and applied to me directly was one in which you broke down the overhead squat for a complete newcomer to lifting. And I, and I picked out all sorts of cues that were ideal those were things that i think i know the ones you're talking about and most of those i would assume were done at crossfit hq when i was involved with the media team yeah and if you go back and watch some of those earlier videos while the production quality may differ over time um it's a lot like the seminar content it seems like the foundation of what we see today remains the same um and so the polish and precision um and production quality have grown with technology and the experience of the team behind it oh sure um, but it does seem like it's it's essentially the same content um, in in an early form. You know, I think if you go back and sift through videos that were posted on the website 12, 13, 14 years ago, there were videos there, but they seem archaic and rudimentary just compared to what's getting put out right now regarding quality. And that could be a workout demo or a coaching video. I mean, 10 years ago, there was probably a coaching video there in the 
person on camera wasn't mic'd up. The camera was probably shaky. The audio was tough to hear sometimes or whatever it happened to be. The angle wasn't the best. And like everything else, it was just an evolution of, you know, cameras got better and, uh, you know, lavalier mics were purchased and the importance of lighting was discovered. And this angle looks better than that angle. But, you know, we had to we had to spend some time as beginners in media before we got intermediate and then before we finally got advanced. And, you know, what's put out right now is just exceptional with regards to all aspects, the information that's provided, how it's delivered, the production quality, and the amount of information that CrossFit, CrossFit put out and continues to put out utterly and completely for free that you can just click on. I mean, you can get a master's level or a PhD indoctrination into how to move, how to eat, how to coach, you name it. And it's just given away. It's, it's incredible. And, and that's when trust and a brand matters and credibility matters because the thing about the internet, internet is anybody can post a video on YouTube telling you how to do anything. I mean, there's a tremendous amount of noise out there, and everyone, as far as you know, is going to tell you that they are a hands-down expert, best in the world. You should listen to me, and I know it all, and the other guy sucks, and look at me. And so there's a dizzying amount of information. So when presented with that, it's nice to know that if you see a true CrossFit video from CrossFit HQ, that it's coming from the horse's mouth, and you're in good hands. I think what's what's changed about the the way that CrossFit is presented now um, is in part influenced by the tools that are available to people that are in every corner of the fitness space. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's there's a ton of information that's available now through YouTube and and Instagram and various other channels that um, you know were in their infancy or didn't even exist back when CrossFit was first being introduced to the marketplace. And now that it seems like the fitness market, despite the fact that this type of fitness is relatively young, has matured considerably over the last 10 to 15 years. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, a good squat's a good squat, a good deadlift is a good deadlift, and somebody might get creative and come up with a new cue that we haven't heard before, and that's great, but the points of performance lines of action, you know, it kind of, it is what it is. Yeah. There, there's, there's certainly a lot of information that's freely available. And, um, you know, I, I think anybody that's in CrossFit or in some other fitness methodology space can, you know, they have the ability to view all of these things and, uh, sort through it and decide what's relevant, what's, uh, legitimate and how to incorporate it into their training. And, and so they get, um, you know, more information than they can possibly use, uh, potentially, but it really, it comes down to credibility. Back in January of, of 2019, the CrossFit.com was completely changed. Um, you know, suddenly, uh, the, the focus on the games and the elite athletes, um, you know, was suddenly wiped away and, and it, and the, the focus became, um, much more zeroed in on functional movement for all. Um, you know, we saw the the couch, <laughs> the, the famous couch that all of us that, that follow CrossFit.com's posts um, came to know with uh, the older gentleman and the older lady 
um, demonstrating movements that were, you know, scale down versions of the same movements that we've all come to know as athletes. Um, you know, was that something that had been in the works for a long time? And, and, you know, was, I mean, it was a, a, a little bit of a shock to the CrossFit market because we didn't know it was coming, but I have to imagine that a fair bit of planning went into that process. And, you know, how did, how did that all come about and, and where did that, that new focus along with the launch of CrossFit Health wind up coming from? You know, I was involved with the games media team at that point in time. And, you know, I didn't know that the company was going to restructure in the way that it did. And I was approached, I don't know, um, maybe a few months before all that went down. And I was told about CrossFit Health and what their focus was going to be and would I be interested in it. Did it sound like something which was appealing? And I thought it sounded awesome and great and very in line with things that I'm passionate about. So. I said, yes, you know, I would very much like to be a part of that and didn't know that the company was going to have a, a restructuring. And so I, I came over to CrossFit Health, you know, probably a few months before all of that happened, just, you know, unbeknownst to me. Oh, okay. So when the, when the restructuring happens, you had already been moved over to CrossFit Health. What, what kind of impact did those changes have on the direction that you were taking um, within CrossFit HQ, first of all, like what what exactly is CrossFit Health? Because I think uh, uh, you know my initial reaction when it launched was, oh, that's a great idea. It's going to focus on. I thought it was coupled with the the content that was on main site, focusing on um, you know health as it related to movement and fitness. Um, but what I came to learn was that CrossFit Health, no, that was. That was an advocacy and, and education uh, component of what CrossFit was doing um, and, and, you know, kind of bringing information to the public. So can you describe uh, a little bit more about what CrossFit Health actually is? I, I think most people are not familiar with it at all, so that's a great question. So CrossFit Health is not about your health. How you should eat, how you should move. The workout that you should do, whether you're 18 years old or 88 years old, that's CrossFit. That's CrossFit training. That's CrossFit.com. That's what you learn at the level one. It is quintessential, pure CrossFit, and it's what it's always been. I think that sometimes people think CrossFit health is training of special populations, such as older folks or obese folks or people with chronic disease. You know, they see the videos in CrossFit.com of people working out in a in a home and just doing sit-to-stands on their couch, maybe with an older person. They think that's CrossFit Health, and that's that's not at all. That is just just CrossFit. Yeah. So CrossFit Health is an investigation, we say, into the ills of modern medicine, what's going wrong with modern medicine, and all the scientific misconduct and fraud that is sadly provided a tremendous amount of horrifically inaccurate information presented as credible data to the population and has led the world into a very sad state of affairs regarding health and chronic disease. And the other part of what we do at CrossFit Health is connect with physicians, CrossFit physicians who have attended the level one course and hold that credential 
and try to network them together so that crossfitting docs can find other crossfitting docs that have similar takes and they understand how you should eat and they know that a squat and a deadlift actually isn't bad for you but performed well it's one of the most healthy and therapeutic things that you can do which isn't advice you'll get from all physicians and when we're in the process as we speak of developing this network once it is active it will also allow a very growing number of people around the world who would prefer to be seen by a CrossFit doctor to find the, their nearest CrossFit physician and go seek out treatment from that person. So that's that's what we do at CrossFit Health. That's cool. So the idea of having a, a network of doctors that embrace what CrossFit is, or at least have a higher level understanding of what CrossFit is and what it means to people's health and their ability to move. Um, now, as I understand it, there's actually a, you know, there's, there's the, um, the MDL one program, um, in which physicians actually go through the same L one program that, um, mm-hmm. that, or at least future potential, uh, coaches in CrossFit, uh, go through. So that same program that I did, and you know, the only the only lens is that the audience there um, are all primary physicians. Um, you know that that that's got to have a pretty interesting um, effect on their perception of the material as it's delivered. Do they have different types of questions? Do they are how are they how are they as an audience for the L one program? The goal would be for a doctor to understand what CrossFit truly is and what it does and how it positively affects your lifestyle. Because, I mean, I've now a large part of my job has been speaking with a huge number of physicians. I've never spoken with so many physicians in my whole life. And, you know, I start to understand their trials, their tribulations, their frustrations, and they have a lot of frustrations. It's, it's really challenging to, you know, maybe you see your doctor twice a year, which is, more frequently than I see my doctor, I don't see him twice a year. How much, how much can you positively impact the needle in somebody's life if you see them two days out of the year for about 15 minutes? You, I mean, what an almost impossible task to ask from a physician, whereas your CrossFit trainer, if they see you five days a week, every single week, month after month, year after year, that individual can move the needle. I don't, you know, don't get me wrong, each has their scope of work. If you break your femur, you don't need to see a CrossFit trainer. You need to go see a physician. But if we're talking about a large number of ailments facing the population that are directly linked to leading a poor lifestyle in how you do or don't move your body and what you are or are not choosing to feed yourself, that is, and, and physicians that I talk to are very honest with this, that's, that's not what they go to medical school and learn. That is the scope of the CrossFit trainer. And so if trainers and physicians are working together and each one's pointing an individual towards the other one when it makes sense, that's the symbiotic relationship that is most likely ideal and beneficial for the world's population. Now, as I understand it, um, the MDL-1 program has, uh, it's, it's principally delivered within the United States. Um, 
and there are some interesting challenges to introducing it elsewhere. So, you know, in Canada, for example, where we have a public health care system, um, I could envision the the relationship that uh, CrossFit would have with physicians would be a little bit different than it would be in the States. Mm-hmm. Um, is, is the MDL-1 something that CrossFit is looking to expand and bring to markets outside of the United States and in particular in, in countries that have public health care systems? I think, I feel like we have done one outside of the United States. I believe we've done one. I could be misspeaking, but I'm almost positive on that. However, that being said, even if we have done one, that means 99.9% yes, have been done in the United States. And I'm not sure what the plan may or may not be to to expand that at this time. Now, okay, so going from my experience with the with the L1 and the subject matter that is uh, delivered as part of that program, um, you know, I, I could see some of it potentially flying in the face of what um, what specific training doctors receive in medical school. Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, even my daughter, who's um, become a nurse. Um, spoke to me at the time that she was going through her training about the fact that, um, you know, so much of their training relies on, you know, they go through the, the, the process of diagnosing what the, what the symptom, well, first they listen to what symptoms are and then they go through the diagnostic process, but they're very focused on addressing what the symptoms are. And some of that comes from, um, medicine. Um, you know, they're, they're not trained specifically to get into, the physical side of their patient's health. Um, and so it, it seems rare and, and kind of different that that is the prescription that comes from the CrossFit L1 seminar. Um, you know, do you wind up getting pushback from doctors that are, that are in the audience or, you know, are they just such a friendly audience because they've come to this thing in the first place that they've already drank the Kool-Aid a little bit to begin with? Um, or do you wind up having to convince them um, about the virtues of physical fitness as it relates to that person's health and their longevity. It's been, I mean, just overwhelmingly positive. You know, it's almost like CrossFit works. Who would have guessed it, right? It's almost like if you do the movements that your body's supposed to do and you eat in a way that makes sense, it's really tough to argue with what we have. And so the short answer is it's been fantastic. And the other answer is anyone who maybe came in with a, I don't know, you fill in the break, the, the blank, you know, I read something online, CrossFit's the work of the devil, blah, 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 you know, it's usually a fundamental misunderstanding of what we do. And if I actually went up to that person and I said, so you don't like CrossFit? And they're like, nope, I hate it. And I said, okay, can you tell me what it is? There's not an intelligent response that comes out of the individual's mouth. It's well, you just throw some weight in the bar and you just, you know, you just move like a maniac. I'm like, okay, well, that's no, <laughs> that's utterly and completely, that's fundamentally wrong. I mean, I, I taught this stuff for a living and continue and I've never heard a human being ever say that. So I don't know where you got that. And so it's, if we do get those people and I, you know, I had those people at various seminars that I taught and every now and then we may get a physician that, you know, heard it was dangerous or, you know, my friend did CrossFit and he burst into flames and died or whatever it happened to be. 
they sit through the first lecture and they're just they're just thinking, all right, I know that this person is going to tell me something during this lecture. And when they do, that's the one point I was waiting to that I can jump up, point my finger at them and go, aha, see, that's ridiculous. I knew I hated CrossFit. And the first lecture comes to a close and they're like, hmm, OK, well, that, you know, that made sense. But I bet it, I bet the dumb stuff's going to come out in the next lecture and the next lecture passes. And they're like, oh, well, that made sense, too. I didn't know that's what you guys did. OK. And then all of a sudden it's lunchtime and then day one ends and day two passes the same way. And they're giving the closing remarks. And at the end, that person's like, oh, I didn't know that that's what you guys did and how you did it. That makes a lot of sense. And we're like, it does, doesn't it? So usually it's just a lack of understanding of what CrossFit is, what the methodology is, how you should apply it. And if somebody is doing something bizarre there's probably a pretty good chance that they are violating what they were instructed to do. So even while you were um, fully entrenched at CrossFit HQ, um, somewhere along the line, you started doing your own programming. Um, how did that come about? You know, it started about five years ago. Oh, you know, I've always just loved to program. It's just one of those things. Some some people love it, some people hate it, but I just always always enjoyed it. It was just a beautiful sort of artwork to me that I really enjoyed the cerebral part of it. And I just do workouts and post them on my pri my personal Instagram page in case anybody else wants. So you started just programming for yourself at the time? Yep, yep just for myself. Yep, just whatever I did that day and. It seemed to be well-received and people enjoyed them. So I just kept doing it. And about five years ago, I think somebody asked me, they're like, hey, you know, you're in, you enjoy doing this. Like, you're going to program every day to keep yourself in shape no matter what. Why don't you create an affiliate, you know, affiliate your garage? And then you can put these same workouts out every day that you'd be doing. But it'll be through your affiliate. And why not just do that as a cool way to share them with the community. And, and through that very simple conversation, it's exactly what I did. I just affiliated my garage, it's CrossFit Lynchpin, and started doing the same workouts that I would program, you know, for myself for long-term health and fitness and put, putting them out through my affiliate. And I had absolutely no idea that it would be as well-received as it has been. I had no clue. It's blown me away. And at what point did you s decide to um, turn around and add a membership component to it with the introduction of the Lynchpin private track? Uh, the, you know, the, the private track came about, I want to say, just about two years ago. And it came about through just people's desire for more information because I was putting out the workout every day and I would do my warm up in the garage. I would do my cool down, things like that. And if I, you know, I'll program workouts. If I was programming them for linchpin, you know, I may program something which every now and then exceeds my capabilities because I'm not, I'm programming for in a, an individual I have in my head that maybe I, you know, I have terrible shoulders from the military and from motorcycle accidents, nothing from CrossFit. And so overhead movements for me are a quite a challenge. So I might go a long time without doing something like grace or DT. But if you're going to have a good, well-rounded program, 
you obviously better be going overhead. So I'm going to program things that I would have to scale for. So maybe I program DT. I'm clearly going to scale DT that day because I'm just not going to throw around 155 overhead. And so people would be like, well, hey, I've got this thing going on. I want to, I want to scale the workout. How should I do that? Or what's a good goal time for this that I should know whether or not I should scale? Or what should I do for a warm-up today? Or, you know, there was all these just more questions and more questions. So there be- it became obvious to me that there was a desire for a fully laid out daily training protocol from start to finish, from warm up to workout to scalings to goal times to modifications to limited equipment to stretching to everything. And that obviously requires a tremendous amount of time. You know, and I, I wasn't just going to individually answer 400 questions on Instagram every day. So that's a profoundly poor use of my time. <laughs> And so I started the private track and it doesn't scale at all, you know, and so the private track was, was born and my goal, quite frankly, just following what I'd learned at CrossFit HQ was to undersell and over deliver, you know, to provide a just a crazy over the top amount of profoundly useful and vital information either for free or for such a reasonable fee that people were like, this is ridiculous. And that's, I mean, I, I just, I use what I learned at CrossFit HQ, quite frankly. And that's why, that's why the workouts at CrossFit Lynchman, they're not behind a paywall. You know, CrossFit.com's not behind a paywall. I mean, the, it is given away for free for you to enjoy. And you can follow CrossFit Lynchman every day for the rest of your life, 100% for free. But if you want, you know, everything else, laid out for you and access to the private Facebook group, which has an incredible community and beyond the whiteboard subscription to track everything. Well, I mean, that comes, you know, that comes at a cost. It's a measly 10 bucks a month, but it comes at, at some sort of cost because it obviously, like I said, it takes time to put all that together to do it well and to do it. Trying to make it, trying to, one of my goals is just to confuse people as to how it's even possible. So yeah, beyond the whiteboard subscription, is a steal at eight bucks a month and you get everything else for two more bucks. So it's, and, but also quite frankly, I mean, I am, uh, I guess a polite way to say it is that I am a frugal person. Another way to say it was that I'm, I'm cheap. <laughs> and what I mean, you know, I my I work hard for my money and I just don't want to give it away. And so I know, you know, people are strapped for cash and you've got kids and bills and cars and mortgages and all that. And, so, you know, if somebody, I, I do have the opportunity to deliver all that information to people for a fee that is above the cost of two drinks at Starbucks. So there's no reason for me to make it more expensive than that. Well, yeah. And it, and it's a bargain too, because, you know, beyond the whiteboard is eight bucks a month by itself anyway. So, um, you know, to, when I saw that the linchpin private track was 10 bucks a month, um, I, I was immediately curious and uh, you know i sent you an email and and to your credit you contacted me back uh immediately and and you know gave me the free week trial that you promise everyone to take a look at the programming and get a sense of what it was like so is everyone that follows crossfit linchpin uh, a garage gym workout person or do you have people that are using it like i am to um, to supplement their own training because they're they're already a member at a box. 
Um, or do you, do you also have boxes that are following the linchpin program? You know, the answer is yes to all. We've got people doing all of those things. I always envisioned that most people that followed it would be working out in their garage or, you know, they travel. So they're living out of, you know, hotels a lot. They want dumbbell workouts or they're police, military, fire. So they're working out on their base or their fire station or whatever it happened to be. And we've got tons of people like that. But I'm always shocked about just how many people we have that also attend an affiliate and follow the linchpin private track, either just because they enjoy the information, they enjoy being part of the community, or maybe they only get to their affiliate a couple days a week and they do stuff somewhere else other couple days of the week, or they use an open gym portion. But I was I was always quite caught off guard with how many people we have in our community that are currently attending another affiliate. Yeah, and like I said, for me, um, you know, the the linchpin program was about supplementing um, what I was doing. I was doing a whole bunch of programming for myself in my garage anyway, um, and I do the programming for the master's program at my mm-hmm. local affiliate. Um, and so, you know, I've got access to a lot of different programming, but I, I you know, I, I've I find myself kind of nerding out on what other people's programming methodology is. And, and, um, I like the variety in being able to, to grab little bits of programming from different sources. Um, and so, you know, for me, I, I like working out with another group. So I, I don't do a whole lot of, um, solo workouts, but I do like doing them and I like picking apart and, and learning from the programming that I see. And, and, mm-hmm. You know, when I, when I looked at the linchpin programming, I was particularly intrigued because it really seemed to have the variance and, um, you know, respected the, the, the knees and the shoulders and, you know, joint health to, to a degree that, um, really seemed well thought out. And so that was something that I wanted to, uh, get a little bit more, um, access to and, and probably try out on a more regular basis. Um, so, you know, for me, it's still infrequent that I work out on my own. Um, but when I do, it's, I'm usually either following a program that I've written or I'm taking, uh, the linchpin program, or I'm taking a piece of the linchpin program and introducing something else of mine. That's gotcha. Sort of yeah. And it's, and I'm a bit more of the other side. I work out most days solo by myself. It's infrequent that I'm working out with somebody else just because I, I get it in when I can in my garage. When I do find myself down for a work trip at CrossFit HQ, then I work out with some buddies down there, which happened just a few days ago. But I actually enjoy the solitude of just putting on some tunes, going into the garage and having it just be my time that day, you know, and and, and no answer is right or wrong. I mean, whether you enjoy working out with a group or solo or a mixture, but yeah, it's a nice, it's a nice little bit of solitude for me. Well, one thing you talk about quite a bit as part of your programming and in your workout write-ups and in your videos is the idea that your program is, uh, is uh, conducive to longevity. You know, you, you mentioned that you want knees and shoulders to still work. So you don't write workouts that are intended to crush. They're intended to test and improve fitness with longevity in mind. Has has linchpin programming always followed that classic CrossFit structure with this philosophy in mind? Pretty much, yes, except for a, a period of time that I wish I could go back and erase. And that was when, unfortunately, 
I drifted a bit from what I know works and I paid attention to what people want. And the two are not the same. Sometimes people, what people want and what they need are often not the same. Most people probably need to save or invest money, but they want to spend it. Most people probably need to eat healthy, but what they want is to have the delicious treat. And, you know, the list goes on and on. You know, they need to read a book. So, yeah, not get distracted by what's popular at the moment. Right. And so what works is classic, you know, again, it was called classic CrossFit, although we should just remove the term classic and call it CrossFit. What works is CrossFit, which is living your life in couplets and triplets, going heavy at least once a week, and every now and then going long, obviously with paying attention to a tremendous amount of other factors, such as loading and movements, et cetera, et cetera. But that's what works. And what people want might be a heavy lifting bias or a lift every day and then a workout. That's what they want. That's not what they need. And it's actually in my experience and opinion and everything that I've done for the last 15 years has not shown me that that is the best path to long-term health and fitness. And unfortunately, I'm, I'm embarrassed to say, but you can go back on Lynchpin and find it. There was a period of time that I fell into the trap of like, well, should I give the people what I know actually works or what they want? And for a while, I fell into the give them what they want category. And it was, you'll see some stuff where it was a heavy lift followed by a, a workout or something like that. And, and eventually, I was like, you know what? I can't do that and live with myself because I know it is not the best thing out there. And so that kind of also really helped define what I wanted Cross the Lynchman to be, what our values were, and also came up with one of our sayings, if you will, which is we program what is effective, not what's popular. And so that's what we do. I'm going to do what I know works. I'm going to do what I know will have people's knees, back, and shoulders feeling good not only today, but also when they're 65 years old by not just having them go heavy all the time. And then I just don't, I didn't want to fall into that trap. And, and I started to slide down that slope. And then I just decided I'm also not going to try to be all things to all people and just say, yes, 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 yes. So now I say no a lot. Like, are you a competitor's program? No, no, we are not. Um, do you do a heavy lift every day followed by a workout? No, no, we do not. Do you have an Olympic lifting bias? No, no, we do not. You know, it, it, it really helped sharpen and focus what Lynchpin was going to be, which is well-rounded, long-term health and fitness, GPP, general physical preparedness, in which we will improve your engine, we will improve your body weight movements, and we will improve your barbell work all at the same time realizing that all of them are important and no one thing should outshine the other. And that's what we're going to do. And it's been, I've been so happy with, there's obviously a shockingly huge number of people that were craving that and missed that. And I think we're getting beat up by doing the heavy lift every day, followed by something else. And so those people come on over and I'm happy to have them. 
How far in, out in advance do you do the programming? And do you do it in large cycles to balance the loading as you describe it? It's actually, I'm going to start it um, today. So it is, I get up early every morning and, and a couple hours before my family gets up. And that's kind of when I get into my little world and do it. I program three weeks out in advance. And it takes about two and a half of those weeks to lay everything out from the workouts to the warmth to the cool downs to the accessory to the whole nine yards to then have a couple days left at the end of that three week period to film all the daily videos and then get it all uploaded. So it's about a three week process to get the next three weeks up, but it's always in a three week. Three-week blocks is how I program. Now, you release the CrossFit Lynchpin programming for free on your Instagram account, uh, but the private track is its own thing. So what does the private track include that the general public doesn't get to see? Okay, good question. So on first of all, the workouts are the same. So that's probably the easiest thing to say. Workouts you see on Instagram or on CrossFitLynchpin.com, those are the workouts you're going to see on the private track. The only difference is if you there's the private track subscription for individuals and there's one for affiliates. So the difference for the affiliates is every Thursday and Sunday on the individual subscription and what we put out on Instagram and crossalinchman.com, Thursdays are rest days and Sundays are rest days. That's what it is for the affiliate track. For the excuse me, for the individual track. For the affiliate track, that provides a full menu of programming, warm-ups, et cetera, everything on Thursdays as well, because most affiliates are open six days a week and usually just close Sunday. So that's a primary difference. But back to the original question, the workouts are the same, but then on the private track, you get detailed warm-up, you get a scaled option, goal times, rounds, or you know, lifting percentages, get a limited equipment option, which is basically a dumbbell workout every day, modifications if you don't have a rower, don't have a bike, etc. Optional accessory work every day, cool downs, stretching. You get movement demonstration videos, instructional, educational daily videos where I explain everything that we're going to do every day. Access to our members-only Facebook group, a subscription to Beyond the Whiteboard, and that obviously delivers everything right to an app on your phone. And that is, that's basically what you get. At the private track. Cool. So was the private track something that you always planned to create or was it driven by demand to, you know, add a layer on top of what you were already providing for free? Yeah. Like I said, it just, I had, when I first created CrossFit Lynchman and started just posting the workouts out there, you know, five years ago or whatnot, I had no idea that there one day there would be a private track because I just didn't know that that desire and demand from the community would be as strong as it was. So I must say it was more of the community's idea than my idea, and I just responded to it. How big is the linchpin community? Man, so we've got on the on the private track or just in general? Well, both, if you have a sense of each distinctly. Outside the private track, it's tough to gauge a metric, but you know, right now as we record this on our Instagram followers for CrossFit Lynchman are right around 123,000, which I think is incredible. I mean, obviously some people have more, some people, some people have less, but 
what I think is very telling about that is a lot of people have more followers than that, but they've got, I don't know, there's some photos of some athletes that are half naked, <laughs> covered in sweat and booty shorts. And, you know, there's some uh, clickbait or something like that on, on CrossFit Lynchpin's Instagram page. There's no pictures of human beings. All there, all there is is a workout posted each day on a gray backdrop. Like it's not a visually amazing Instagram page. So that leads me to believe that if people are following it, they have to be actually following it for the true content that's provided. So that, right. So that makes me really, really happy because all we're doing is posting a workout. And so if that many folks are getting behind it, it just makes me feel really good that there is such a desire out there for, you know, like we said before, quote unquote, classic CrossFit. So it must, it must work quite well. So that's great. And then on the private track, I mean, we've just experienced beautiful, steady growth from when it began. And right now, I think we're just north of 2,100 people in the community, which again, blows my mind. And I have the community to thank for that. It's, it's grown organically. It's grown through word of mouth. It's grown because it works and it's grown. I just have to brag in our community. They're really cool and cool doesn't do it justice. There's, I mean, scroll through our Instagram page and it's going to be so free of the regular drama that you see on social media. It's crazy. And then that's even more amplified in our private Facebook group for the Lynchpin private track. We've got people from all around the world in there, and it's devoid of the typical social media drama. There's no ego. There's no bad-mouthing. There's no one-upping each other. There's no politics. It's just, it's just a global community, all interested in making smart decisions, removing their ego, helping each other through support or recommendations for scaling or sharing success stories. And it is a huge just source of pride for me. Our community is top notch. Yeah, uh, actually, the linchpin community is one thing that I really wanted to talk about. Um, because I, you know, I'm, I'm part of a couple of different CrossFit related uh, groups um, and communities on Facebook and, and elsewhere. And one thing that I really have noticed is, is a very distinct difference. Um, and not to knock on any of the other communities, but, um, I have found that there's been an abundance of positivity, uh, within the linchpin community. I haven't seen a negative comment, negative post, uh, whatsoever in the entire time I've been involved with that community. Um, everybody seems really warm and respectful mm -hmm. and they're providing great tips and, you know, people post videos and not all the videos have, uh, you know, absolutely picture perfect form. And instead of tearing that person down, tips are being given on not only, you know, what they can do a little bit differently and a little bit better, but they're also getting, uh, pats on the back for what they have done well, um, even when there's been uh, a video that didn't have the best form. And, you know, that, that to me, that's something that's fairly rare, especially in this online, uh, in these online forums where people get to be able to hide behind the fact that they're not looking somebody in the eye and crapping on them in right. person. I got to brag on them too. I mean, they're, 
their willingness to practice what we preach, which is embracing ski, uh, scaling, you know, removing your ego and embracing scaling, people scale all the time and they do it with pride. It's not this shameful, like, oh, I couldn't do the RX workout, so I did a, a subpar workout. Like, no, they love scaling and they they show it off and they're all about it and it's just warmly received and again, it just it just makes me smile. Well, yeah, and it should. I mean, the the community that I have seen has been fantastically positive. Is the growth of the linchpin community uh, driven from within the community itself? I mean, like in my case, I heard about it from somewhere, someone else here in Nova Scotia that was following it that mentioned that he was working out in his garage and following your program. I think so, because really the only, you know, at, quote unquote, advertising that I do is when I when I post the Monster Mash each week, I I post a series of photos on the Instagram page as well that they kind of tell you what what it is and uh, give some real testimonials from people that have done it. And, you know, I post stuff in our Instagram story, but that's it, really. So it's, uh, there's, there's not this huge, profound, amazingly thought out marketing campaign. You know, I just kind of figure that we've got a bunch of people out there that, that like what we do. And if they need the additional services that the private track provides, then then they, they got them. And if not, hey, enjoy the workout of the day. So where do you take it from here? What are your plans um, for Lynchpin going forward? Oh, man, the short answer is I don't know, just because I do believe that no plan survives contact with the enemy. So, you know, whatever it is, if I laid out some beautiful five-year evolution, something would get derailed. So I don't, I don't know. All I know is I'm going to just keep doing what we do. I'm going to stay true to what CrossFit Lynchman does, to what I know works, and to building just the best community out there because that strong community helps everybody stay consistent, helps keep them on track. They have fun. If you're not having fun, you're going to walk into the gym less frequently or your garage less frequently, and then nothing's going to go in a good direction. If you overtrain people, they're going to be tired and sore. They're going to walk into the gym less frequently. Nothing's going to go in a good direction. So I'm going to just keep programming how I know to program. I'm going to try to put out as much quality, honest information as I can. And regardless of whether or not it's popular, I'm just going to try to keep telling the truth. And I have a feeling that everything will just go in the direction that it's supposed to go. Now, okay, so I I I know your wife uh, does CrossFit because you have her demo um, quite a number of the movements in your um, in your private track videos. Um, so, what about the rest of your family? I know you've got boys at home. Um, are are they all working out with you uh, on and off, or do they have a regular schedule? Or how much do they buy into this whole CrossFit thing? So, my immediate family, my wife does for sure. She wanders out into the garage usually at a different time than I do each day just because of our schedule. So, she does. And, you know, then I just wander out there and I see whatever time or loading she did that, that crushes me. So, it always helps keep my ego in check. My kids, I've got an eight year old and a 10 year old boy, who are, and they're just phenomenal. And they play a whole bunch of sports and they work out 
very infrequently that you go into the gym and do like a, an actual CrossFit workout. And I'm very intentionally not pressuring them or forcing them to do it because I think that just makes it not fun. And I, I, so I'm just going to, they see me doing it. They see their mom doing it. They know exactly what it is. Every now and then they want to come out and do a little something. That's cool. And I hope that frequency increases just very naturally. But if it doesn't, I'm okay with that as well. But I, I just don't, I don't want to make working out a negative thing that they're forced to do. So I just, we'll see how that plays out. And then my immediate family, like, you know, my mom and dad and other members of my family. The funny thing is they know exactly what it is and they know that they should do it and they do not do anything. They are not worker outers, if you will. And I wish in my heart of hearts that they were, but it's just 15 years have gone by and they still have not. So, and I've been active my entire life, you know, from the military to regular working out to now and nothing's ever swayed them. So that just might be how that is, unfortunately. Probably not likely to change. Pat, thank you so much for taking so much time out of your day to sit down and chat with me. Uh, you know, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing where the Lynchpin community goes from here. And, uh, you know, I'm enjoying the the daily workouts. I wish I could do uh, a little bit more of them, but because I'm balancing between my affiliates programming and my own programming needs and, and uh, the linchpin program, I'm kind of, you know, I get the best of both worlds, but I don't necessarily follow one program exclusively. But I got to say the, the community on linchpin has been fantastic. The couple of times I've jumped in with conversations that have been ongoing about, you know, whatever the workout of the day is or some challenge that someone's experiencing. Um, it's just been incredibly positive. Um, it's, it's easily the best community that I've been a part of on Facebook. Um, and you know, that, that's saying something because there, there's, there's, you know, uh, just such positivity within that group. Um, and you know, I, I always, I look forward to, to jumping in and listening to what people are up to each and every day. It is Absolutely my pleasure, and thanks to you for being a part of it. Thanks, Pat. Cheers. All right, there's just a couple minutes left. Time for the M wrap-up. Pat's got a pretty cool story, and I geek out daily on the programming he assembles for the Lynchpin crew. I'd encourage you to, at a minimum, have a look at the programming he releases on Instagram um, for free. And if you're looking for challenging, sensibly programmed workouts that will test your fitness and move the needle without crushing it, that's where to go. Or if you're looking to step it up a notch, consider the Lynchpin private track. Um, the community is fantastic and supportive. The programming is layered with limited equipment and scaling options, as well as Pat's unique daily videos that walk you through each of the workouts, describe the intent, the stimulus you're going for, the target times, and, in some cases, hints at the traps in the approach. Be wary when he says the workout couldn't be simpler. That's when you know it will bury your ego in a hurry. Before I wrap up, I want to give a shout-out to Brian from Ottawa, who provided a review on iTunes, saying, I really enjoy your podcast, Well present, very well presented, and I like the information you share. I like the Canadian content when it comes up. Keep it up. All right, well, in that spirit, since this episode didn't feature much Canadian content at all, I'll provide a bunch of sweet, sweet Canadian goodness right here at the end. Maple syrup, moose, beaver, donair. Hat tip to the Nova Scotians listening. Hockey, Michael J. Fox, Pat Vellner and Brent Fakowski. Go Raps. I could go on. 
If you like this episode, please consider writing a review on iTunes like Brian did or on Podchaser. The podcast is unanimously rated five stars on both of these spots, and I'd greatly appreciate it if you'd write up a few words in the form of your own review. I'd also like to hear directly from listeners. Send me an email at info at boxjumper.ca, whether it's just to say hi or tell me about your experience with CrossFit, ask a question, or even give me a topic idea. If you want to automatically get the next episode, which I swear is coming in just a few days, subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. You can also visit my website at boxjumper.ca and sign up for my mailing list. I'm working on some more exclusive content for members of my email list, so be sure to add yours. More fitness talk is coming on the Box Jumper podcast. Until then, stay healthy, wad happy, and wad often.